So fuck yes, welcome to the Happy Meal. Fuck off to me. Happy Meal. Jonathan Hardesty. Yeah, that sucked. Chewy Tarso. Hi. Emily Blake. Special guest today is Eric Stoltz. Hello. Thank you for being on with our worst intro ever. I like to take full responsibility for that. I was staring you down. I, I can feel it. It's mm. all that milk. Don't, don't screw up. <laughs> Ooh, that was a that was a botched one. But we're just gonna plow right through it. Eric, do you have anything uh, you'd like to plug right out of the right out of the gate? Uh, I like to volunteer at the nonprofit Eight Two Six LA. And even if you're listening to this and you're not in Los Angeles, maybe there's an Eight Two Six location near you. What is that for people who don't know? 826 is a beautiful um, nonprofit that deals with uh, getting kids not only improved writing skills, but teaching them to love writing and find an aspect of writing or creative writing that really speaks to them and lets them express themselves. So not only showing them that they can write, but that they should because their voices have value and are very specific to them. That sounds like a pretty shitty organization. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I get commissioned, so I just, you know, I'm like an insurance salesman. I just, I get 10 cents every time I talk about it on oh, a podcast. There you so. go. We're happy uh, to line your wallet. <laughs> Money in the bank, baby. Cha-ching. Mm, Thanks, cents. kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, that sounds amazing. And yeah. uh, I heard that you and the other friend of the show, Mari, do that every now and then, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah Mari's a, a dream at it, too. Um, uh, the thing that she and I will most often do together are uh, field trips for younger kids for second grade. Well, they'll go in. They'll create a book from scratch, uh, first as group storytelling, and then they each write their own endings. And I play an evil boss named Mr. Barnacle, who is insisting on all these books by the end of the day, or everyone's fired forever, <laughs> including everyone's cats and dogs. That hired and then fired. So I'm up like the Wizard of Oz in the rafters, just like talking into a microphone and, and saying like, oh, you're all so bad at this. Oh, get better at writing books. <laughs> and then Mari is actually the hero of the field trip who gets to like stand there in front of 30 second graders and herd them like shepherds cats or squirrels into like uh, group think and brainstorming and like crafting a story beat by beat and uh, you would have sworn that she's been doing it her whole life she's a, an exceptional I don't ringleader. understand how people can do that I even I mean I've done so many of these and I'm still just like wow that is really something that I think I'll leave to other people <laughs> um, but she, yeah she, she's great at it and everybody who volunteers there seems to walk away with a really strong uh, positive experience so that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, all right. So we'll do a where have you been doing? I can go first. I saw a little movie called The Disaster Artist. Mm-hmm. Yay. Um, it's fucking fantastic. Like, What I, a great story, yeah. Brian. <laughs> it was, I, I don't really know. I don't want to say too much because I feel like everybody should just go see it. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody. Because it will have this kind of air of like um, movies about making movies never do well. It's just kind of historically right. how that always goes. And this one... Mm definitely has that to it because it is by and large just about making one movie one fucking horrible movie mm-hmm. um but it does it in such a way where like, you, you you know that you're watching like a seth rogan evan goldberg movie like it's very clear that's what you're watching and here come all of the cameos and they're all there every one of their friends are in this movie except for like i think one or two but like everybody pops up just like they do in like uh like sausage party or like like any of their other movies and it kind of feels like this shouldn't be good like you're watching it like this feels like a bunch of friends got together to make fun of a movie 
and they ended up making like a really good heartfelt inspiring movie that should not in any way be what this is but it's so good and I can't recommend it enough so the hero of the movie is the script supervisor I just would like to point out <laughs> uh, the hero of the room might be he's the not hero, of, okay. uh, he's the hero of the of the, that movie yeah. was the script supervisor yeah. 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 he gets yeah. to be the voice of reason that yeah. is so desperately needed yeah. by this just point. a reminder to anyone who decides they don't need a script supervisor <laughs> in the movie he's more so the what the fuck is happening ah. yeah uh, the, there's a scene I'm not going to spoil any of the lines that but the scene where the script supervisor goes to cash his first check is, for anyone who's ever worked in freelance, it is one of the greatest scenes. That's yeah. relatable. <laughs> it's very relatable, and it's just fantastic. But like that's that's what's so good about it is it does a very good job showing uh, the outside world what indie filmmaking can be like, uh, even though this is like the worst case scenario of indie filmmaking. But it's it's just so great, and it's just a lot of fun, and a lot of heart went into it. And James Franco and his brother play off each other way better than I ever thought they would. Mm. Um, I can't recommend the movie enough. They don't right? even look related in the movie. No, not at all. Truly. I mean, James Franco's makeup is spot on. Like, spot on. Um, and then the last thing I'll say before moving on is, uh, I know this isn't a Marvel movie, stay to the end of the credits, or you will miss one of the greatest <laughs> things in the entire movie. Um, also, okay. mad props to them for getting the uh, How Did This Get Made uh, team into the movie. What? They oh, did? Yeah. That's yeah. so yeah. great. Podcast nerds, who I'm guessing everyone listening to this is yeah. one, uh, got not only uh, the Zooks, Manzukas, and June <gasps> yeah. Diane in there, but Paul Shear plays a pretty prominent role. Yeah, yeah, Paul so Shear is like an actual character. Yeah, yeah uh, he actually has like an arc. Actually, yeah. The, <laughs> so does Jason. Yes. I will watch anything with Jason Manzukas in it. He's got anything. a small part, but I, I was he really plays excited. A straight man, which he doesn't get to do very often. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, but the June Diane, I, I did not really at first recognize her because I'm not I wasn't expecting her to pop up because she doesn't usually pop up in movies she's more in TV and stuff and yeah totally like, oh you got all three of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> really yep. awesome and Adam Scott who's like a very constant uh, guest of theirs yeah yeah, the Fast and Furious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm hoping this means that since they've been talking about getting into a Fast and Furious movie every time they talk about one, yeah. I hope this means that they're inevitably in the ninth one. <laughs> I feel at this point there's well, no reason the not to do it. For yeah. real. Yeah. yeah, for real. Uh, all right, that's it for me, though. Uh, I saw the movie Okja on uh, Netflix. Uh, we just moved to a new house and... Only the TV was unpacked because that's the first thing you unpack and plug in when you move to a new place. America. America. <laughs> and I was just looking for something that was whimsical, weird, fun, uh, exciting. Just I was kind of in a mood. And so I came across this and Netflix now plays trailers when you select the, the thumbnail mm. before the movie starts. I'm like, that could be spoilerish, but let's see. It had Paul Dano in it and it was all this weird stuff. I was like, this could be up my alley. And it sure it, it was. It was up my alley. It was fun. It was good. I really liked it. And I liked how weird it was. I wasn't expecting it to be as weird as it was. What was it about? With that director, you weren't expecting it to be weird? <laughs> that guy only makes weird shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, keep, I keep forgetting. How much did you cry? I got close. What, I'm, 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 I'm an emotionless close? robot. <laughs> I got what, close. Is it, what is it about? It's about this, uh, this mega corporation creates these genetically enhanced super pigs. <laughs> uh, it's a company led by Tilda Swinton. And oh, that's why it's it's already super weird. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the idea is to prevent hunger or something like that. It, the, the company was vague in its copy. Well, it's technically to make profit. To make but, profit, but yeah. yeah. their their big <laughs> spiel is like, we could save the world. Yeah, so they build these giant super pigs that you know, can create some great meat that will last a long time. And so then they send them off to various regions in the world. And so this young farmer, or this old farmer and his daughter raise this pig, and she forms an attachment to it, and they just take the, the pig away, Okja. And so then she goes around the world to chase after it. And then she uh, meets this activist group. Uh, what was it? What's it called? Uh animals free animals or something i forget yeah i, I forget. haven't watched it yet i don't i don't know yeah and so then they also want to free all these super pigs and it's this mishmash of that 
That sounds and it's amazing. so weird. And then, it's a yeah, great movie. It is. It is great, but yeah, weird. And I'm glad I watched it. Every performer is like really making some crazy choices and fully committing oh. to it. You won't believe Jake Gyllenhaal. In Jake Gyllenhaal movie. is. I was. And that was the most surprising thing. I was like, he's <laughs> yeah. in that. That's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. Wait, what? Uh, there Hopefully was some blowback, but I I really liked his performance a lot. I, it's a lot, but if you get on board with it early enough, there's a lot of fun to be had there. Yeah. That's what I love about that director. Is I feel like he pushes people more 100%. than a lot of people do right now. Absolutely. Uh, I will talk about music, because I don't... Oh. I'm not as big of a music person as Brian. Uh, uh, to preface actually... this, if Chewie ever tells me she's excited about a band, and I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm about to listen to. I like a lot of weird things. Yep. <laughs> uh, I am always trying to get people to listen to Nightwish. Most people would be like, I don't know. It's on our playlist almost every week. What the fuck you're making us listen to? I'll be like, it's amazing. You know that 12 minute song you skip every week on our playlist? That's Nightwish. <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> uh, but uh, thanks to a friend of mine sharing a video that was recorded off somebody else's television, I've discovered the Cleverlies and their. Uh, website says we are a family bluegrass band from a remote thicket of Stone County, Arkansas. <laughs> I, we hope you enjoy our grass hip hop fusion music. Oh wow! And I'm in love. It that sounds fucking incredible. It sounds amazing. They do fucking covers, and I like their version of "Low" more than the original. Just give us a moment. Just let it build. Right? That's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Weirdly haunting. There's something about that that sounds Although like I cannot ghosts. hear the song without picturing Tom Cruise dancing in a fat suit. <laughs> Even I with mean, these guys? I'm yes. obsessed. Especially with these guys. <laughs> they, they do a cover of uh, Single Ladies. This is also <gasps> quite oh. enjoyable. Oh my god. I, what? Okay, well I'm going to run out and get wet. <laughs> the Cleverlies? I love them so much. Oh yeah, god. the Cleverlies. If we're well behaved, will you play that at the end of the podcast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I just like bands that don't take themselves too seriously a lot, which is why I love Yellowvis and Lonely Island. And those are all, they all do their original content and they're mm. all comedians. These guys must love hip-hop, and they happen to be a bluegrass band from Arkansas, and they decided <laughs> to go great. with it. That's great. They're fantastic. Yeah. Nice. It's uh, great. Emily, what about you? I, we're about to get kinky, y'all. Um, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I watched uh, a series on Showtime called Submission. It is, uh, it's by Jackie St. James, who is a porn director, but her mission is to take porn and make it as mainstream as possible. So mm. this is on Showtime, not, you know, and it's not Skinamax. It's actually a show with a plot. It's softcore. And um, the the great thing is most most porn, especially, you know, like softcore is all about, um, it, most porn in general is all about gratification of the men. It's always, it's about abusing women or treating them like dirt or letting them be objects and uh, so that we can all watch a dude get his rocks off. Um, this is by a woman. And it's very geared. It's about BDSM, but which is funny because in BDSM, women are treated like objects, but that's what they want. Like that's what that that's what makes them excited. So um, it's all about like this woman who's sort of finding her submissive side and learning about BDSM. And there's all these other women involved, and there's a really like one of that's uh, one of the episodes had this really beautiful lesbian sex scene that was all about 
the passion between the two women and not just like, look at these two chicks fucking. It was like these two women who were falling in love and weren't sure what to do because they were both married to men. Um, and there's uh, just like, it's really, really cool. It's, it's very classy and it, it's really nice to see like porn aimed at women and um, like the Fifty Shades of Grey crowd, but with more consent and more realistic portrayal of what BDSM actually is. And not is. shaming Better BDSM. Writing. And not shaming yeah. BDSM, exactly. Not trying to cure it. Yeah, the entire Fucking plot Fifty Shades of, yeah, right. of Grey is trying to cure him of his need for BDSM. Yeah. Yeah. It's the twilight of BDSM. It's a real fun yeah. drag. No, this yeah. is about women finding it and realizing like what they really want. And it also gets into some dark territory where people like uh, push boundaries and inappropriately. So there is a plot there. And um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I second cool. that. It really rules. I was going to delete uh, my account for Showtime after Twin Peaks because I literally only got it to watch the new <laughs> Twin Peaks. And then I was like, ha ha, suckers, I'm going to get my money back. And then I was like, oh, there's a show called... Uh, hmm, all right. Ladies an hour, I guess yeah. And then sure enough, I was like, oh shit, this is actually a, one of the best shows I've seen it all is year. It really good. Yeah, it's like, like I immediately actually emailed Jackie St. James and was like, this is amazing. FYI, if you have any script supervisor, I'm totally down to do softcore <laughs> porn. Right on. Yeah, I mean, I've I mean, had porn so on my bucket list of jobs for like ever. Yeah. <laughs> Just one day. I just want to you, know what it's you're like. You're so close. Oh, I was so close to working on Pirates 3, and then they canceled it. <laughs> bucket list has a different context in my head with porn. It's like, what is that bucket for? What is it full of? We don't want to know. It's not just or two ladies this time. <laughs> Ooh. That was cool. Hey, um, what about you, Eric? What did you see recently? Uh, slight, slightly less kinky, but... Uh, <laughs> Still uh, R-rated. I got to see Shape of Water last night, and it is absolutely my favorite movie of the year. Um, so good. So I'm, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say it's the best movie of the year, because I understand that like there are decisions made here, both in terms of the storytelling and in terms of you know how they decide to portray the world, where you know somebody could say that uh, it feels too much like a movie, like they can see the, the artifice at work a little too much, because it's trying to resemble similarly to aspects of La La Land that kind of like golden Hollywood like this is a soundstage this is a you know like uh, very elevated design. there's a classicness to it that could be off-putting yeah exactly and also uh, something that could be off-putting is that a woman falls in love with a fish monster <laughs> but here's the thing is that like you could see people deciding not to uh remark upon or react to it during the movie like a few people were kind of like what's going on right now and then like the majority of people were like we're going to follow this story where it takes us yeah. because by that point it earns it so completely yeah uh sally hawkins is far and away in my opinion the best performance phenomenal year. so incredible just i was weeping by the midpoint of this movie purely because of her incredible delivery and, um, you know, it is a movie about curiosity at the end of the day. It's a movie yeah. about, like, allowing your heart to be open to a different kind of person, a different kind of experience, uh, being curious about learning more about the world and not just subscribing to yesterday's uh, categories. And so I, I appreciated that so many people in the audience uh, chose to approach the movie with that same sense of curiosity. It's not for the sarcastic or the ironic person. Never. No. It's so, have it wears the earnestness body. a lot more on its sleeve than in some of his other movies. Yeah, very much so. I mean, like Pacific Rim has what a little bit of like a wink to it. to it. 
Well, I mean, there's a little bit of like a winky like blockbuster detachment in aspects of Pacific Rim, not yeah. not oh, in the Pacific best. Pacific Rim, yeah. Or yeah. Hellboys one and two. Yeah, right. and I, I mean that's a lot all of those other movies in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's him, you know, working with what he's got. So there's a lot of you know, kind of like nudge, nudge, wink. This is a little weird at times. And like the things that I didn't like about Pacific Rim was when it was trying too hard to be like a gigantic blockbuster and not just reveling in and again this like diverse cast of like extremely interesting odd people. Um, but this is like pure one hundred and ten percent mainline Del Toro. This is so clearly uncompromised to the point where it, it goes in directions that you wouldn't expect. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, the less you know about it, the better. Um, and especially the trailers that have come out are pretty, they, they give away like... Don't watch the trailers now. Yeah. I, I would say just, all you have to know about it is that, yes, it is going in the direction that you think it's going with her and the fish man. But it's cool, it's man. So <laughs> it's all cool. We're all just doing our best. We're trying to we're trying to find love in a shitty world. Just go, baby, go. Yep. I, I really want to see it. We were, we were between three movies last night, and we ended up with Disaster Artist because right now still a great choice. Yeah, and Shape yeah. of Water is only playing in two theaters in LA, and neither one of them were near us. Yeah, well there you we're go. We're gonna so. get to Itania tomorrow. Yeah, mm. yeah. So Shape of Water is now third. So. Right but on. we still have to see Star Wars next Friday, because, you know. Or I guess tomorrow. Yeah, because it's the end of the out. year all of a sudden. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, surprise! 2017 is over. Yeah. We're one year with Trump down. Oh, <laughs> God. This year cannot end fast <laughs> This year has felt like five. It's yeah. It's fucking awful. <laughs> yes. Things just keeps aren't going. all on fire yet. Well, not in this state. It's pretty much all on fire here. Everything's yeah, on I was, fire. <laughs> Israel might be on I fire. I yelled at the flames, like, do me the favor. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Uh, so this sounds all like a good time, right? Yeah. As our where have you been doing turned really depressing. We did talk Sounds about like a great time that actually is a good time. segue into yeah. this really depressing movie. Ryan, I forgot you majored in transitions <laughs> oh, at yeah. college, right? <laughs> yeah. That was that was the Columbia Film School. <laughs> transitions, transitions are an important part of post, so don't that's knock true. It. Yeah, that was the star wipe of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, tell me I'm wrong. They would definitely have that at Columbia. 110%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it would cost somehow $10,000 more a year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It'd be one student. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so this movie uh, came out to uh, a very wide audience of basically nobody. I think it played in all of like <laughs> five theater or five cities in the entire country. Um, so it did not do very well. It did better than you'd think it did, though. I'm pulling up the numbers again. I looked at it last night. The funny thing about this movie, while Brian looks at the numbers, is Facebook was. Uh, targeting me. Uh, I was yep. getting advertisements for this movie daily, yep. constantly. Every time I opened my Facebook, see good time. Robert Pattinson is a breakout role. Hmm. Totally diverges himself from Twilight. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this doesn't look like the type of movie that I would normally go to. Why yeah. are you marketing to me so hard? I was hard? marketed very hardcore on Facebook yeah. for this movie. Uh, see, I wasn't. And, and I, yeah, I'm well, the only one why, on the table saw it in theaters. Unless, that's why I told it? you to no, see I, it. No, I intended to, and I wound up drinking too much at Tiki Tea that night. Uh -huh. <laughs> I did not make it uh, the whole five blocks to the Los Feliz Three Theaters. <laughs> so there was this one day when I just was doing something. I don't know if I was sewing or whatnot, but I wanted Brian to not bother me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, go see a movie. <laughs> go see Good Time. Because Facebook keeps yep. telling me to go Marriage. see Good Time. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out. So uh, then Brian went to see it. And yeah, I otherwise, I might not have actually ever seen it myself. Yeah, it would not be on the podcast today if that day did not happen. Uh, but at its widest release, it was in 700 theaters. So uh -huh. not a huge release. Uh, uh -huh. And then it ended up making $2 million. 
out of its reported uh, very low budget, but they did not release the actual numbers. Because um, A24 does that a lot for some reason. I don't know why. That's kind of the new model, right? I mean, same yeah. with like, the streaming services. I feel like they're probably just following that lead. Yeah, it kind of makes but sense. It, you could have shot this movie for like $2. It was really low budget. Well, from yeah. what I understand, and I could be wrong here, but I don't think Robert Pattinson took a, that big of a check on this one. I think he worked for a lot of... like. Way less money. It makes sense because this yeah. is so much a departure from everything he's done up to this yeah. point that he, it, it's, yeah. it's going to open up more options for him. I mean, I hope so because that's what he was doing with um, Cosmopolis and uh, I forget mm-hmm. the other one he did with that director um, that now I'm blanking on his name too. Cronenberg. Cronenberg, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did two with him and I think that was kind of the goal there. Was it I Maps mean, of the Stars? Is that it? That sounds right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it. It was Maps of the Stars. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah. neither one of those really had quite the appeal that this one did. And... Uh, before we go any farther down this rabbit hole, I think we need to do a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. breakdown. Eric, are you excited for your breakdown opportunity? Uh, yes, I'm going to overthink this, <laughs> especially with uh, this movie, in which there's not really that much to overthink. But yeah, I mean, this one's anyway. pretty straightforward. All right, so good time in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. So there are these two brothers, and they're bank robbers, and one of them is uh, suffering from some uh, some mental challenges, and unfortunately, he is the one who gets arrested after a bank heist gone awry, and so Robert Pattinson, his uh, supposedly more intelligent brother, who still makes really bad decisions, uh, is tasked with uh, trying to get the bail money to get his poor brother out of jail in one night before uh, the worst of the worst could possibly happen to him uh, in jail. Okay, yeah, that kind of works. The end. <laughs> I had one second left. Yeah. I was like, uh, uh. Uh, Shit goes very, very wrong. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it doesn't go great. Yeah. <laughs> Could have gone better for everybody involved. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that was a success. Well done. Thank you. Uh, Does that mean I get to hear uh, the cover from the Cleverleys at the end? <laughs> yes, you do. Yay. <laughs> Good dog. Yeah. Um, all right, so... Uh, before we get too far down this one, uh, the the thing that I kind of want to mention just right out of the gate is I, I've recommended this movie to pretty much anybody with a pulse. Um, I loved it so much the first time I saw it, and now these recommendations, now that it's on Blu-ray and Redbox and stuff, are coming back to me, and I'm getting a lot of, what the fuck is your problem? Why did you make me watch this horribly <laughs> depressing movie? <laughs> and I was like, but wasn't it really well made? And they're like, yeah, we don't give a shit. It was really sad. <laughs> My reaction yeah. to you on Facebook yeah. is exactly what you've been hearing. Okay, I've been getting that from a lot of people, and it's it's interesting because I I really blame the year more than anything. Yeah, yeah. like we're in a time now where escapism is people want to go and have yeah. a, a good time, and then with a the movie named Good Time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had more than one person at work tell me lately that like they only go to movies if they're escapisms. They have no interest in like dramas right now. Huh. I've I've found that happened to me i'm a lot more interested in that and I, I didn't realize it was happening but then i'm like i don't want this this is too real oh shoot i i, I need myself some escapism <laughs> yeah. yeah after this movie was over i had uh i had people coming over and i was gonna watch the walking dead and i was like i can't i can't <laughs> so i just like turned on a marathon of always sunny which is was rolling on the tv all night so i was like still, i need something fun it's still about terrible people yeah. similar yeah. to this but, movie but it's this funny. is like this is like if always sunny was a drama yeah <laughs> Charlie's the one in jail. Yeah, totally. Uh, and uh, oh, Charlie. Uh, Dennis is trying to get him out. Yeah. Oh my god. 
Yeah. Why isn't that an episode yet? <laughs> Dennis's girlfriend could be Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> Even like the the plot to like infuse Sprite with acid. How is that not totally straight out of Always Sunny? Right. Totally <laughs> I got this great idea. Everybody drinks Sprite. Nobody tries acid. Put them together. Kitten mittens. Yeah. <laughs> but fight milk. Be a very different movie. <laughs> now, beyond the fact that it was horribly depressing and it, it bummed everybody out, did everybody else in, enjoy it? For what it is, or no? I was I way off the mark? No, I, I'm I glad that I, I'm yeah. glad that I saw it. Okay, I, 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 mm, um, I, I like, <laughs> I, I could appreciate it. Like, I, yeah. I appreciate the artistry. I appreciate, like, for one thing, the the premise is so simple and such a great, like, you have this one task. We see why it's important to him. We we understand the urgency. It's a very easy to digest plot. Um, and I like that that like things keep ratcheting up. Um. Like structurally, what I'm saying is structurally, I thought it was a very good premise and a very well structured film. So I can appreciate it from that angle, and and even the way that it doesn't let up, even with the music, it's just like constant going, yeah. going, going, which is why it was hard for me to watch. But <laughs> but I can respect the choices. I said I don't know why I said a respecta. I gotta respect the choices. <laughs> Going Italian for some um, reason. <laughs> it's very New York. I yeah. like it. Yeah, hey, I got a lot of respect for this. His name. Uh, it starts with a C. Robert Pattinson's character. Oh, um, Connie. Connie. Oh, yeah. Connie, to me, is just such an interesting character because he doesn't really seem dumb. He makes dumb decisions, mm-hmm. but you can always kind of see the logic behind them. And he never wants to hurt anybody. The entire movie is just him making these bad, dis- illegal decisions. Mm-hmm. And he's actively trying not to hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get all this stuff done without it. He's really trying to th- t- think of his brother's best interest. Because speaking back to um, the book that you love, bro, honey. Which one? Mice and Men. Not mice. Oh, yeah. Of, of Mice and Men. Yeah. I mean, Man, they yeah. even go, when he, his brother's on the phone with his grandma, we're like, we were going to buy a farm. Yeah. Oh, I was wow. going to do whatever I wanted. And a, it's I wouldn't like, have thought of that. That's it's yeah. really oh, yeah. like, it's, this is kind of like a modern day Mice and Men. It's the way. second movie point. Robert yeah. Pattinson has done where it mirrors Mice and Men. Yeah. I think he likes of Mice and Men. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just so sad for me because if, this clearly they were their parents are gone mm. they're orphans they're raised by their grandma who probably didn't have very much money so i'm sure their upbringing was not great mm-hmm. uh so he's just like a lot of lower america doing the best he can with what he's got and what he knows mm-hmm. uh and then so to me when he gets to the point when he's so desperate and he actually beats up the security guard it that actually like hurt me for a moment because I'm like, this is the first time I'm actually seeing him hurt somebody. Yeah. I don't know. He so, did make out with a 16-year-old okay, girl. Okay, yeah. that, yeah. well, that was him trying to get her to stop watching no, the TV and get them kicked out of the house. Yeah. See, that, this is where I'll, I'll push back a little bit because I agree with you. He does not want to hurt anybody, but he's totally willing he's to. He's totally yes. willing yeah. to, yeah. but he did seem like he was trying actively to not like it wasn't his next best option it was like no, his yeah. third fourth fifth yeah but yeah. it was it was never off the table yeah. if it right. came down to murdering somebody to get his brother out of jail i think he would have done it yes yeah and he comes close a couple yeah. times yeah um so it's just i thought he was a really sympathetic character that you're also like i'm mm. sorry but these things you need to stop See, and you do need to go to jail like you just yeah, yeah no that's the, i totally i think he's sympathetic and i think he's relatable but in the worst way like yeah. it's like the He's the guy who's lost everything. His, like, like not to call him a loser, but he kind of is. Like, he's not, totally and not like a in a loser. negative way, but it's like everything he's ever had in his life has been shit, and he's been 
it's just never worked out for him. Even he comes up with a semi-decent bank robbery plan. Like it, it wasn't the farthest off. And I wrote it in my notes when we're watching it. If he had just taken the money out of the till, the whole movie doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Movie's yeah. over. If he didn't get greedy. Yeah, but he's like, nope, we need the whole thing. And then that's how they got the smoke bomb in there. And then mm-hmm. that was that. Was that. I, I only found him sympathetic up until the point where he started manipulating the girl. And that, I felt, was just like, ugh. That, that was, was so gross. gross. so gross. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, was... yeah, it's terrible. But yeah. like that's that's kind of why I still in think it's... In his brain, it was just, I need to not get kicked out of this yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah, and like, that's why like I still think he's sympathetic in a way. Not that, you, but you still want him to lose, which is not like something that Emily famously likes in movies. Yeah. <laughs> we all, we yeah. all could have predicted that yeah. would not enjoy the movie. Yeah. The, uh, the best thing for him to do, he ended up doing, which is just going to jail and making sure that his brother gets out by taking all the blame. Yeah, and I did like that the uh, at the end of the movie, the therapist who uh, was not mentioned in Eric's breakdown. I should have said he failed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot that's yeah. your favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, he's actually pretty close. Uh, he's the only really good guy in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's the only one who seems to and have like really the future cares. in mind. And I do like yeah. when 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 uh, Connie's taking uh, Nick away, and he's just like, "This is not helping him." Yeah, you yeah. know, totally. you can feel how desperate he is. Like, stop doing that. Let me help your brother. Like, yeah. he totally feels like that guy who works the no pay job as like a social worker, but he actually wants to be there and he wants to yeah. help people. And yeah. That, yeah. the actor just nailed that. And even after yeah. doing it for probably what, like half of his life, 40 yeah. years, he so clearly still has like a, a spark. Yeah. And, and like those people exist. Because and... you can tell that he also think that he knows that Connie is, Connie's convinced that he knows his brother's best interest. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's that conflicting emotion of, we both deeply care about him, but one of us is wrong and it's you. Yeah, and I like that. And back to my original point on it though, sorry John, uh, was that I love that the the therapist uh, knew enough to not badmouth Connie. So like at the end of the movie oh, when yeah. he's taking him to the room, he's like, and Connie did the right thing. Connie's right where he needs to be. So like he's still like being that great guy where you know, you know this guy hates Connie. Yeah. And he right. has every right to and is totally right about Connie not being the right person for him. Mm-hmm. But he's still smart enough to be like, yeah, we're very happy for you that you're out of jail. You're doing great. You got a great haircut. Everything's looking great. Your brother's <laughs> in the right place. So he's doing the right thing. Brother's like, going to get the help he needs. Yeah. Like right. it was... Can you like, get rid of those frosted tips? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of help yeah. getting the crap beat out of him and <laughs> yeah. by opening his mouth about twenty too many times yeah. in prison. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but it started as a joke. But now that I think about it, he might be my favorite character in the movie. He's the only good guy. He also yeah. kind of looks like David Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah, he totally does. Earlier. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting that the movie, even though he is a good guy and and he's, I, I like him, but the movie frames him in such a way that I like it seems bad when, when you're watching it that he, the the brother ends up with that therapist at the end. They somehow frame the social worker as so, like, that's not the good option. And I like how the movie kind of manipulates uh, me in that way. Well, See, I you felt... get swept up into their point of view. The I get, yeah, yeah, I get swept yeah. up into, that, into yeah. Connie's it's, point it's, of view, essentially. The, yeah. yeah, they made it look kind of like a different type of a prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the I, I would disagree that it wasn't really a prison. It was just more so structure, I guess. Yeah, and it, it really frames structure and the normalcy as its own prison, which I thought was... Part I me, mean, part of why I felt like bummed at the very end because it was like it was evoking those feelings in me. But that, like, yeah. it was a good I, ending. It was I, a good ending. Everything happened right. But even though, I feel, like, even though the, like, I I agree with you up until the thing. But if you sit through the entire credits with him 
finally playing the game to cross the room. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that you were supposed to feel that way. Like, oh, he lost. He's in this room with people who make him feel stupid, which is never great. And he's in mm-hmm. the wrong place. But then he starts yeah, yeah. yeah. going and with that's, it. That may not be what he wants, but it's absolutely what he needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's when you, yeah, up until the moment when he starts choosing to participate, it's like, oh, this sucks. And then he makes that choice and you're like, okay, maybe it's all right. Yeah. And, and, it, and, I, and, I, and we go, and I go, I went through that journey too at the very end. I was just yeah, like, totally. yeah. I was like, I was starting to kind of get into it. I was like, oh yeah, back and forth. Back. Okay, yeah. It actually, it's yeah, like a like, very soothing game. I would like to play it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should do that after this. Well, listen While to the Cleverlies. Yeah. 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 Cross the room that, if you've I'm ever doing... loved the Cleverlies. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that I was never into. What, moving back um, and forth across the Oh, no, the personally, yeah. personally like, those, <laughs> not, those not activities, I don't, I don't like those We could play Red Light, myself, Green Light, because but... that can yeah. end up violent. Not good for their therapy session. Uh, red light, red light, stop hitting me, red light. <laughs> uh, but while we're kind of in that area, I want to talk about the the brother, uh, Benny. Um, I don't know how to pronounce their, their last name. The director? Names. Yeah, well, he's the director slash plays the, the brother. Softy? Softy, Softy or something Softy. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy's fucking incredible. Uh-huh. Uh, and does such a good job. Like, he and his brother alone, like, I'm after this movie, I'll watch any movie they make. I'll just, you know go in expecting to be depressed when I leave. Yeah. Yeah, that's a safe uh, bet. I haven't seen the one they did before this, but the tagline, uh, a one-sentence description of it includes both uh, heroin addiction and uh, suicide. So. Sounds fun. Yeah, sounds like a sounds blast. right up their alley, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, the, the thing is, like, I was watching the, uh, like, some interviews on, like, late night or, like, daytime TV saying, like, just something that with the cast when they're trying to promote the movie. And, like, listening to him talk and then watching me in this movie, the guy is incredible. Like, I would not have expected that performance out of that guy if I had just seen an interview with him. And that's not trying to be mean to the guy at all. I just I was very impressed. Like, the whole way through, I'm like, wow, this guy's doing a great job. And that that he's doing double duty and directing, it's like, wow. Hmm. That guy's fantastic. Yeah. And then I, uh, I could be wrong, but did they have something to do with the music? Did you guys pay attention to that? The music was maybe my favorite part of the music movie. The music is really so good. good. It reminded me of Stranger Things, actually. Yeah. It was like a, yeah. it was relentless. It was the, the the music made you feel so uncomfortable on top of everything else. It, it just... says the music was by Daniel Lopatin. Okay, so I'm, I'm just I'm just loving them a little As too much. As one tricks points never. Oh okay. yeah, the name of it said music by and I and I laughed. <laughs> I was like, oh, this sounds like someone making fun of a DJ. <laughs> nope, just a normal DJ. No, just. <laughs> There's a guy named Daniel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the music's great. I thought like the the directors just themselves, I think they just very on point throughout the whole movie. Like they kept making the right choice for the movie, which is the wrong choice for, for anyone else in life. <laughs> yeah. Um There was something else I wanted to say about him, I can't remember what it was. Anybody else want to say anything about the, the director? The director brother. There's um, two directors. Why do we talk about kind of one of them? Yeah, I thought his performance was good. You know, it's it's a little tricky waters to wade into when you're playing someone with mental differences or, or yeah. mental Simple disabilities. Jack. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a long and, and horrifying tradition in Hollywood of uh, people assuming that they can do that and that they should. And yeah. Neither of those things are true. <laughs> yeah. They can, they should, and that they'll get an Academy Award for it. Yeah. It's, it's and like, that has you been. You make me happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was the second Tropic Thunder reference I have made today. <laughs> I hope it's not the last. Uh, for a little segue uh, with the brother, it was interesting when he was in jail, he wanted to watch Law and Order. Did you guys? I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Uh, I thought he didn't want. No, to watch no, he Law wanted to switch Law and Order to something else. Yeah, because oh, thought... he came back in there watching Law and Order. Like that's not what I was watching. Oh, so I was confused because I thought that's what he did want to watch, and that no. they kept trying to change it off. I of imagine that. Law and Order would be really hard for that guy to follow. Oh, yeah, no. I, 
Yeah, I, I think he came and tried to turn it off because he thought was, it was watching a, something. Oh. Like, I thought it was a nice touch as the brothers were continually butting up against law and order yeah. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, change that I, channel, damn That's it. their it research, so, yeah. Um, it was so on purpose, though, because so the inmates in the jail want to watch Law and Order. Mm. And then when he's mm. watching TV with the girl at her house, they're watching Cops. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's interesting that all these people that are in situations where they wouldn't lock, like law enforcement are watching things about law enforcement. And specifically when Pattinson and the girl are sitting down and they're watching these cops yank a woman out of her van and then end up... Get her she, stabbed. Get her stabbed because they just body slam her to the floor as if that's helping them. And we're seeing it from their perspective. And then the, the cops are just brutes. Yeah. Yeah. And Pattinson yeah. even says, we need to turn this. We need to change this because I don't want to see them try to justify that. Mm. Like that's his line. Yeah. yeah. That actually would have been my choice for a line. So I just gave that away. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, just remember it. Yeah. Um, so I just, I was picking it up while I was watching the movie. But like, it's just because this movie is so good at giving you the perspective of the people that, live outside the law but not necessarily by choice just by their circumstances and how they feel like everything's against them you know it, it it's a very good picture into the the world is against me people like and not saying that it's not true because for some of these people it does absolutely feel like that and this feels like a guy who's been beaten down his entire life like that so yeah. it, it kind of seeing him watch cops is a very interesting I, an ne- I never liked do. watching cops growing up because yeah, it always just seemed like why does this just so depressing? None of them. Why are I watching this? Totally. <laughs> I was just a film nerd and I just didn't like the way it was shot, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, also this kind of sense throughout the movie that these two are kind of stuck in an adolescent mindset. You know that they're two grown men, but that they have this mindset of like two little boys playing cops and robbers or playing like you know Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer oh for sure yeah and I I really appreciate that the longer the movie goes on the more it tends to visually reflect that and it's really intense color choices this like palette that is so like bright and fluorescent and could almost be like a kid's playroom by the end of it it leads them to a kid's playroom essentially a giant uh, carnival like yeah for sure yeah yeah they're like the the stash is in a haunted house or something inside this like super weird like you know like a like an off 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 brand Coney Island Mm -hmm. yeah it, it kind of reminded me of uh, um, you ever see the movie Running Scared? With, yeah, uh, Paul totally. Walker? Yeah, it yeah. kind of had that same sort of like uh, like, like a grim fairy tale. Kind yeah, of vibe yeah, almost. absolutely, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, Even the movie uh, Hannah does that, where uh, her and uh, Kate Blanchett. That's a great uh, example. Yeah, face off at a carnival, a carnival of creatures. Yeah, and even more so than Running Scared, that had that kind of muted color vibe. Um, Hannah has like a really bright color scheme. There's mm-hmm. like, especially you know towards the end, there's some extremely intense visuals and very like strange color choices that really kind of establish it as like a kid's idea of like a crime world nightmare mm-hmm. in a cool way the the difference with good time though is that i never felt like they were trying to go surreal and like not that running scared or hannah does but it, they they push that a little bit more they push on it yeah whereas this one it felt like just kind of the like, fantasy but more realistic like definitely more grounded like when he's mm. in the the girl's house Everything is like greens and blues and everything. Like there's not a single like white light anywhere mm-hmm. in there, and like you kind of have that in each place. And then maybe the hospital, but even the hospital, they still do like the fluorescent coloring and that sort of thing. Like there's no like normal lighting throughout the entire movie, except they're, when they're outside during the day. Totally. And it kind of has this like fucked up nightmare feel to it, which yeah. is totally on purpose. But it's like. Uh, it didn't ever feel like a dream to me. Oh God! Now I'm thinking about how many night shoots this was, and, and they, and so they oh, yeah, <laughs> and the way they colored and framed and shot the day. It, you never. I had to re- just now. Remi- I was reminded that there were scenes in the day. And I forgot 
mm. because that daytime is so oppressive and not safe. Yeah. And when you yeah. start to see the sunrise toward the end of the movie, you feel a little like tinge of panic, like "Oh God, no! Yeah. Yeah. This is almost oh, over. No. Yeah. <laughs> Something horrible is about to happen." Yeah. But it creates this panic, and it was very interesting to see how they use the color in this to do that. Yeah, and even in the daylight, they have things like you know when they're dressed like those um, construction workers or whatever. When yeah. they rob the bank, they've got those very bright uh, like yellow green vests. Mm-hmm. And like when the smoke bomb goes off. Oh yeah, that was such a cool moment. It's so cool, and yeah. like visually, it's maybe my favorite part of the movie. And like it's you know they could have gone with like a black ink blast or something, but they went with this like insane, the red one. Yeah, it looked like Barney exploded. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, you know, maybe there was blood. And even yeah, blood for reference. sure. And even totally. those vests, they like the way they shot it. They like they glowed. They they were mm. brighter. Hundred percent. Even yeah. in the daylight, yeah. when they wouldn't be as reflective, they still made it reflective. Yeah, which made it feel like not day. So it was really it, cool. It kind of shows how even though Connie is not an idiot, he's definitely still an idiot. It's like, oh, I want to make sure I don't stand out while I'm robbing this bank. How about bright reflector vests? <laughs> yeah. <Right>. Oops. <laughs> yeah, that 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 uh, ink bomb going off sequence all the oh. way until they got busted was definitely my favorite part of the movie because I really did like the urgency there. And yeah. the, like when they were in the bathroom trying to wash it off and the guy was outside banging on the door and you're like, oh shit, he's going to call the cops. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You know, For like, sure. that was really well shot. I could be wrong, but I think there's something about that uh, the dominoes they shot in where like they didn't tell them they were going to shoot in there, like they wanted to do something like organic and real. So like the the people in there were actually reacting to oh, these two wow. random people come running in. I could be wrong, but I thought it was that part of the movie. I know that they did something be like that. Very ballsy. Yeah, uh, to I try would, to pull I would that off. I would believe it. Yeah, I, I, I don't it. remember which part it is, and I could be completely wrong. And I'll if I, I'll look it up after this, and if I am. There was a big highlight and delete. Uh, <laughs> but if not, then they also, we go. <laughs> and is it true they also actually wheeled uh, and kidnapped a catatonic uh, wheelchair-bound prisoner out of the hospital? I mean, why not, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> At that point, it's like, we already did the dominoes and got away with it. That, that, was, that was one part of the movie that annoyed me because when he's doing that, I'm just like, it's not his brother. It's not his it brother. It can't be. It's too early in the movie. It's too early in the movie. Yeah. I know it's not his brother. This went too perfectly for it to be a brother. <laughs> That's so funny. I guess I, I was the yeah. fool. Yeah, I, I was I too. The <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess this is the part of the movie where his brother's in a wheelchair for yeah. the rest yeah. of it. But Th- That's kind of what I figured was happening too. I thought it was like, well, oh, he's going to get his brother out. Then he still needs to like see, I mean, solve I'll, that problem somehow. Yeah. I was in a similar them. place. I didn't quite get what was going on. And I was like, wouldn't it be weird if it wasn't his brother? Oh, shoot. It wasn't his brother. Yeah, I had that thought at kind of the end of the tip of that where I was like, maybe it's not. But this kind of organically goes into that character who that I want to talk about. That character's literally a dumbass. Oh, yeah. He's so For every he's way even that dumber than everybody smart, else. That guy's dumb. But yeah. before we go too far into that, the character, I want to talk about the actor who is not an actor. What? Nope, not an actor. Yeah, I'm trying to, this is his, like, to find This is his on, second role ever. Cool. Um, he had been in the director's first movie um, as a much smaller part, and then they gave him a much bigger part in this one. And I watched uh, a talk show with him with him and the directors and they're like so i think his name is benny and like oh so you you like doing this thing and the guy's almost in tears he's like you know i I just i've taken one acting class because i I felt like i should after the first movie and i I just i don't know where i'd be in my life if it Mm. wasn't for these two guys letting me try to act and it's like heartbreaking where'd he come from uh, i don't know um but it's like almost heartbreaking but it's also very heartwarming like this how thankful he is just for a shot and it's that's cool and he did such a good job. He, did a good job. he really did. Dumbass. You know, that's how we got yeah. Nick Frost. He was just a waiter, and he was uh, Simon Pegg's friend. And Simon Pegg told Edgar Wright, like, hey, this buddy of mine is really fucking funny. And they put him in space, and now he's Nick Frost. Mm. That's where Simon Pegg was right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, I'd be interested to see what else he does, because he, he kind of has that problem of he, he looks kind of like the the shrimpy idiot who will be like the scapegoat in every situation. Yeah. 
and he yeah. plays that role really, really well. But he, yeah, he's just such a fucking idiot in this oh, movie. He man. was a little sympathetic for the way that he described himself getting out of jail. Because, yes, dropping an inmate who's fresh out of prison off in front of a liquor store? What the hell? But yeah. that's... Don't do that. That's <laughs> so fucking common. Like, that, that that's sure. why, like, the prison system is so fucked. And I, I really appreciated this movie just stating it like it was kind of you don't see that very often because a lot of times in movies what the tra- trajectory of his day would have been if that hadn't been immediate. well yeah but like most of the time when you watch movies about a guy getting out of prison he walks out of prison to some babe what, or what like they some... normally do is drop it in la at least is drop you off at uh at the train station at, yeah. at union station in a gray jumpsuit and or sweatsuit and with some money in your pocket and there you go yeah and it's a good so luck if you ever see a guy wandering through union station in a gray sweatshirt or a gray sweatsuit uh yeah he just came from prison yeah probably looking a little a little dejected and a little excited yeah. and a little of a lot of other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just so, like the only other thing that I can think of that depicted how difficult it is to get released from jail was uh, Orange is the New Black. Mm. Where it's uh, when Tasty gets out, she's like, she gets out and she's like, I don't know how to live life anymore. Mm. And that's entirely what this guy had. He showed up. He's like, well, I haven't drank in years and you dropped me off in front of a liquor store. Guess what I'm going to fucking do? Mm-hmm. Right. And then, wow, he really fucked up. And then Beyond he just that. did everything else afterwards. <laughs> yeah, all the way to jumping out of a taxi cab. Probably not the best decisions. Nope. <laughs> not ideal. <laughs> not ideal. He might. His life just might be better in prison. Well, uh, he never well, got to experience that. Yeah, Some he, he's like dead being now. told what to do all the time, and like you yeah. know when to get up, you know when to go to sleep, you yeah. know when to eat. Like you don't have just to make any choices. Yeah. He was a jumper, which. <laughs> makes that ending make sense like yeah. everything he did he just kind of jumped into it yeah and yeah. that's the when I'm watching the movie the first time now that I know it's coming it's kind of like oh that's what you get fucker <laughs> but like I'm watching it and like he climbs out the window and like for some reason I still didn't expect him to fall and like the the cynic in me is like he wouldn't be able to do that in real life he'd fall oh there it goes yeah, <laughs> so right. yeah I mean and he was so wasted too by that point oh yeah know? like yeah. he he sells the like drunkenness of like an addict who is like given you know his own worst medicine mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's it's very intense like i i'm surprised that they went that route with it because yeah. it is so brutal and so uncompromising and unfortunately probably the most honest possible ending they could have given that character it's also oh, really well shot i it really is. like the choice it's... to do it from a distance yeah and, and not ever cut close and that's kind of how i like how um how connie got uh arrested finally like it almost felt anticlimactic, but in a way that it should. Like it, they did it the same way that the guy fell off the roof. You see it from that guy's point of view of mm-hmm. Connie running, and it's like there's no chance he gets away. And then nope, he doesn't. Yeah. And it yeah. really just it feels like fly in the wall. Like you see him as like a, a speck at the bottom of the screen, getting tackled by two cops, and like well, that's the yeah. end of that. And just watching them get closer and closer, just yep. the inevitability of it. It's such a microcosm of the inevitability of the whole movie. Just everything closing in on this very, very ill-fated plan of this guy. Yeah, and yeah. It, it it works really well. Like I'm still very impressed with how well this yeah. movie was made. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, the 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 stru- Like I said, the structure of it, the cinematography, a lot of great choices for me. It was just like it was like kids. Uh, I thought it reminded me of watching kids where the whole time the movie you're just so uncomfortable and you just want it to end and I think that's what I didn't like about it is I just I'm just not in a headspace where I was able to handle a movie that was so relentless and just I just kept going when is this movie going to be over I can't I, like I can only handle this for so long so it was an emotional reaction that I had to the film not Luckily, not, it's any, not two hours long yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> look, yeah. yeah it's pretty short yeah. yeah and it would not surprise me if Harmony Korine is like that was my favorite movie this year mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> actually knowing him he'd probably be like they ripped me off <laughs> <laughs> this is my thing. I do young dirtbags in bright colors. This is bullshit. 
Yeah, I mean, any other time I'd be eating this up because I that's, this is my type of movie. This is my jam. The things mm. that just end so bleak. And, yeah, and really? Hopeful. I love it. Oh, but this year, this year yeah, has this taken year. me for a ride, and mm. uh, the in-flight movie is this. Yeah. So you can mix up a couple metaphors there. <laughs> See, I, I feel maybe it's just the way that I deal with things, but like I, wa- I like watching these things when everything sucks because I go, ah, mine's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always so it's... conflicted because I know there's so many times that Brian wants to go to a movie that looks depressing. And I'm never in the mood to go to a depressing movie. A lot of times I'll end up loving that movie once you get me to go watch it. Yeah. Mm. But the getting me there is usually a process. The, the thing I end up craving the most in movies and entertainment these days are that mo- the No Man's Land moment in Wonder Woman. That, mm. that, that triumphant moment of just exhilaration. And that there's a lot of that just missing in 2017. Yeah. And so even though I really like this movie, this is my jam, these depressing movies. Like, I, like I, there's an imbalance. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing to approach movies like this this mm. year and this era with. I mean, as movies go this year, this was not the most upsetting thing I've watched, which oh. is saying something, because this one is very upsetting. And we're yeah. not talking about the news, are we? No, no, no. I'm talking <laughs> about just movies in general. Oh. <laughs> but, like, when I watched Elle earlier this year, that was far more upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really rough. Yeah, that, it was just a rough watch. Whereas this one, like, it, it's a rough watch for sure, but just maybe it's the, the filmmaker in me, but I'm just watching this movie come together. I'm like, I feel like this movie shouldn't work. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I'm just watching, like, these parts don't feel like they should fit as well as they do, and it worked very well. Like, for some reason, knowing these characters, I don't see them being into, like, synth or, like, that sort of music, but that music totally fits the movie, and it feels like it shouldn't. And, like, just everything about it just kind of, like, it felt like if, if this was a like a tentpole Warner Brothers Paramount movie, something like that, which it isn't, it's A24, who's actually willing to take risks with movies, which is why they're doing so well right now. But if this was like a normal tentpole film, I feel like every one of these decisions would have been questioned and pushed back. And mm-hmm. yeah. since they'd they, want to make it more sympathetic, and they'd yeah. want to make it yeah. a bigger problem, like over a week, not one night, probably. Or something yeah. Like so it's really kind of interesting that they were able to just do this and just just stick to their guns and make the movie they wanted to make. And because of that, I was given what I still think is one of the best of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's also so well-reviewed, and I do wonder if a movie like this that is so its own beast, and it's very bleak and very kind of simple and straightforward, it's not really trying to comment that much on that much. I mean, it certainly has something to say about, like, you know, class structure and and the nature of, you know, the the prison industrial system and things like that. Um, you know, where somebody like uh, Nikki can get caught up into a prison system, you know that something is wrong. Yeah. The fact um, that they would put him into uh, Gen Pop. Rikers. Gen Pop, I was yeah. just like, no, it's obvious this guy does not belong in Gen Pop. Like, 100%. he needs to be in a protective place. Just put him in solitary. Normally, yeah. well, there is a wing. In, in most prisons, there's a wing for people, but usually it's people with, like, uh, like, um, not like he's he's mentally uh like i don't what's the word that we're using um, spectrum he's yeah on the spectrum. yeah he's but he's not crazy yeah. and normally they have a wing of the prison for people with like psychological problems and that's probably where he would end up but he'd have to be like tested first and i i used to be married to a prison guard um <laughs> so he would be like tested first and he'd have to go through the whole process probably before they put him there not necessarily but that's mm-hmm. probably you know so it's actually believable that he'd end up here first and maybe be moved over there especially after he got beat up i can't imagine they'd leave him in gym pop but right yeah but in this case it does seem like maybe part of why i mean obviously a lot of people don't want to watch it or don't necessarily take to it because it is so bleak right now yeah but a film like this that's so kind of odd maybe part of why it's so well reviewed this year is also because of the year that it's released where could be yeah like you said so many people are you know also responding to the fact that you know this is 
a movie about survival mode. That's like the two-word description I would use for this movie. Sure, yeah, that it's makes like sense. From, from the beginning of it, everybody's just like fight or flight, like adrenaline. Everybody's just trying to make it in one piece to the end of whatever the hell this is. And uh, I think everybody kind of feels that way this year. I mean, speaking personally, I feel like the entire <laughs> year has been absolutely like yeah. January 1st, survival mode. And just yeah. like, yeah. you know, we're up to however many 300 and something days of that at this point. I was so. thinking on my deathbed, I really hope when I go back through my life that this is the worst year. Because if it gets worse than this, I'd, uh, uh, no, yeah. we're not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that would be a very bleak film. Indeed. <laughs> I mean, with, with that, that makes the girl's character more interesting in a way because she's not in survival mode she's actually more like the apathetic nothing's really that bad type of person right now in america Mm -hmm. until like they get to the point when she's getting arrested and she sees him in the security guard outfit and she's just confused like she doesn't have anything to say she's just staring at him going What's happening? Well, we haven't really talked about the women, the two women that he seduces. It's funny because he is so like such a like um, like a working class guy, but he clearly knows how handsome he is because he's still Cedric Diggory. Um, and, Did you uh, think he was still handsome in this movie? Because I've seen him in other things. I go, yeah, I get it. This one's like, nope. if I were that, <laughs> I'm showered. Yeah, yeah. But if, I, if I were the white girl that he uh, gets the money from, oh yeah, I think he was a dreamboat. Yeah. I personally am not attracted to him, but I can see from her oh, okay. perspective, okay. like he he knew exactly what to say and do, and and that's interesting because both girls were so easily manipulated. And the white girl, well, is he Jennifer goes for Jason Lee, by the way. Yeah, Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee, who is significantly older than Robert Pattinson, and I, I like they still gave her mm. this part. Like you don't Which see never that. happens. You don't see yeah. that movie. Like if you see a guy dating an older woman, it's like a year or like maybe two years. But beyond that, not really. Which is again, she has this younger, good looking. Um, guy who just like who's says manipulating all the, right the shit out oh, of her. Yeah. Very much she, so, and she, yeah. you can really see that this girl has some serious fucking issues that she has not dealt with. And I like oh, yeah. it because we don't even go into them. We her relationship with her mom, her mom is super fucked up. There's a yes. whole movie there. Yeah, there's there's like, mommy yeah, issues. Some <laughs> men have treated her very badly. Like yeah. you can just sort of see it, but you don't Absolutely. need to know it. You just know it's there. And that was that was that explains all her behavior. You get enough clues that you get it. You're like, oh, I get it. I know that girl. And just her like screaming at her mom on the phone and the bail bondsman's yes. office just like, oh, i just yeah. want to do a nice thing for somebody and it's like it's so you don't even know what you're doing you're just helping your incredibly selfish boyfriend yeah who Oof. should not be a boyfriend at all no, no. Uh, yeah but honestly that one didn't upset me nearly as much as uh when he's trying to convince the the young girl that he like there's a relationship here and it's like uh, and you can just see it all trying gross. to control her and yeah. that's all it is it's just like if i don't tell her this she'll drive away so I need to tell her that, no, we're, we're going to be in love and this is going to be a relationship. Stay here. Yeah. yeah. She's the most, uh, like, maybe the biggest collateral damage in the entire yeah. movie in yeah. terms not of, like, the, innocent completely person. Nice. No way. The biggest collateral damage has to be the security guard. Well, he got, got physically well, beat he, up. Yeah. He, he got physically beat up. He was arrested with acid oh, in his true, system. that's true. That's true. That's true. Well, that's also that's true. true. But I'm sure his job would be like, no, no, no. He is our security guard. They wouldn't care. fucked up happened. You, well, you hope so, but that's not always the case. Because yeah. they believe him. Yeah, if you go with somebody's word over his, what shows up uh, is that oh, we have this guy who's passed out in a ride, high out of his mind on acid, and he's yes, probably already but- hired from like not so great means before. Like so, like there's a, he's probably got baggage that the company could well, leverage against him. I don't know because so. his no, apartment's really total- nice. He looks like he's totally fine. get believed because of the fact that Pattinson had been on the news all day so then when he gets sober in the hospital he'll be like it's the guy that guy and then they'll talk to the cops and they'll be like oh yeah he was the guy wearing the security outfit all this makes sense now 
Hopefully. Again, hopefully. I say hopefully because yeah. I don't trust our legal system very much, yeah. and this movie lens. did not make it look like they're and in a good a young area black for legal. Man. Yeah, but also he—I mean, I, I don't know why. I, I guess I'm just trying to prove my case that the girl is the biggest collateral <laughs> damage. So I'm going to weirdly argue that, like, the security guard—it's—it's a—it's a occupational hazard, you know? Like he's a security <laughs> guard, you know? Like he—he okay. he literally Heavy. signed up for it. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know, would but say. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but like he—he he signed up for it, and she doesn't really know what she's doing. She's oh, yeah. over her head, and she she's have... not trying to get into trouble so much as she's just kind of swept up into this dude's. Um, he'll he'll and move on. He'll he'll course correct as needed. This was a defining moment for her in the bad way. Can you yeah. imagine the grandma waking up? Oh yeah, her her oh, granddaughter's in jail. Yeah, she's had a bad yeah. night. <laughs> Car's been stolen. Yeah. Car's stolen. Granddaughter's in jail. And strange men that had been in your place and you yeah. allowed them to yeah, be Yeah, all place. because she felt sympathy for him and he took absolute advantage of that yeah. and now she's probably never going to do a nice thing for anyone ever yeah. again. Yeah. Look what is, that, cost her. is that in the movie where he smiled the most too? Robert Pattinson's character, Connie? I remember, like, I saw him smile a lot more in that section than in the rest of the movie when he was, like, he manipulating. Because he, he had people he yeah, had put he, a face on. Yeah, he's manipulating people. I, the, the thing that I thought was the best manipulation that he had throughout the entire movie, which is saying something kind of fucked up, but I loved it when he's breaking the wrong brother out of jail, and when he asks him on the bus first, he goes, oh, God bless you. Thank you very much. And it's like, you're just conning these people. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're just trying to seem like a straight-up good Christian boy who's taking care of his brother, when you were none of those things. Yeah. You're not even taking care of your brother right now. <laughs> you're taking care of, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Benny. <laughs> Benny something. Uh, is there anything that we've missed in this movie that uh, people would want to talk about? We didn't talk about the girl very much, but we did talk about her. Some good camera work. There's a cool. There's a cool, oh, yeah. especially towards the end. They. I'm assuming it's drones, but there's there's some really really impressive, um, like visual aerial photography. I like to better yeah. as it got towards the end. In the beginning, there was a lot of close up on uh, Pattinson, Connie's character that just shook around and get, like it was hard to place myself in there, except yeah. for maybe the very first shot where it's traveling to the building or something. But mm-hmm. as it was like really shaky in the beginning, I was like, oh, am I in for one of these movies? I can't. I don't know the geography of anything. It got better. Yeah, totally. but still, I had a hard time at the beginning orienting myself. Yeah, uh, I think it was well shot I, for the for the most part. I, I enjoyed. I, I really le- oh god, I just want to get my point out. Uh, I loved the last shot with Patton, Pat, Pattinson, Old Pattinson, Pattinson, Connie, uh, because it reminded me of the first oh, yeah. time I saw the Graduate. Not oh, yeah. the Graduate. No. Yeah, it is the Graduate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. We got it. La la la. Because uh, just the. The close-up shot on his face mm-hmm. with the emotions just emoting through his eyes of the different emotions of like, all right, I'm arrested. This is fucked. You can tell he's still thinking and mm. how to how to get out, get how to get his brother out. Essentially, at that yeah. point, he's already yeah. given up on himself. He's thinking about how. I, okay, so now I just have to get my brother out. Still, he's still in that headspace. So it was kind of weird to me because, like, in the end of the graduate, when they're finally in their headspace. And they're looking around going, oh, God, we just did all these things. There's no going back now. And yeah. how are we going to proceed? It's like it's such mirrored to me in such a moment of like self-realization of actually like a weird calm mm-hmm. and be like, OK, we fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, he has that perfect like shell shock. Like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. I still need to succeed still need to my in my goal, out. but yeah. I don't know how now. Yeah. Bouncing off of that and what John said a minute ago, I I I really like some of the I don't know if it was the choice that they made on set to not get a lot of coverage or if that was in the edit, but um 
I like the choice that a lot of these scenes play out in one one angle. Yeah. You don't cut to close. You don't like even the last scene. We only see it close on uh, Nick's face as he's walking. You never see the whole room like that. Seeing him drive away, you only see it in the like medium shot. Mm. Um, you don't like the wide on the guy falling out of the building. Like at no, there's not a lot of like cutting back and forth. And I I I really like that. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. And it just establishes like a visual stamp for this film yeah. that feels yeah. very signature. Feels very signature, and it, it, it helps establish a little bit more realism. Also like, makes it go a lot feel faster as... in production. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. It just it didn't feel as like cutty, which isn't a bad thing. Like editing is great, but it, this one like they did it smart. Yeah, um, especially at the very very end, you don't you only see the brother's face. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. when he gets into that room with those other people, they yeah. did that quick shot of their close ups of their faces, but then otherwise they're just blurs. Yeah. 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 Uh, the only other thing I want to mention before we move into quotes uh, is with that last shot. That last shot with him sitting in the back of the police car should never have been in the trailer. Whoever cut the trailer did a hellworthy trespass by putting that in the trailer, yeah. and I will never forgive them. That was the biggest fuck-up in trailers this year, which is saying something because there's been a lot of fucked-up trailers this year that have spoiled a lot of stuff. Showing really? that he gets arrested in the movie is fucked up, mm-hmm. and it really pisses me off. For me, I didn't that. know when that happened, if it could have been before all the events or not. So. It, for, since I had seen the trailer on mute once, and I'd seen him in the cop car, and then he dyes his hair blonde, I'm like, oh, he gets arrested at the end. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is the last time I was on the podcast, I remember you ranting about how terrible that trailer was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just sat here, and I was like, wait, what day is it? <laughs> I got such <laughs> wicked deja vu. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Last time I was here, you had just seen Good Time. And yeah. you were like, go see this movie and don't watch that fucking trailer. <laughs> I really hate that trailer. Uh, all right. I think it's time for quotes, 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 quotes. I only got one, so I'm going to say it in case anybody else steals it. Go for it. Um, I really liked in the opening scene when when um, the psychiatrist or social worker is, is quizzing Nick and he's becoming uncomfortable and starts crying and the brother runs in and he's just like, how would you like it if somebody made you cry? Yeah, yeah I would not. I would not I, like that. I love his response. I wouldn't like it, but you're still not helping. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I wouldn't like that at all. All right, searching good time quotes just gets you a lot of stupid inspirational shit. Oh, just <laughs> so, go with the one that you have. I, I was hoping to make sure I could get it verbatim, but yeah, the one... The, when they're sitting down and watching cops and like I can relate to that especially right now in today's atmosphere God turn the channel because I don't want to see them try to justify this yeah because <laughs> you know we're listening to that constantly right now that is America how can we justify the terrible thing that just happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it's a very writerly film you know it, it's yeah, not, yeah. it doesn't feel very written and a lot of it actually feels very improvised I think to its benefit but um you know, the, the line that really clued me into Pattinson's character and kind of gave me the key that I needed to kind of unlock how his mind ultimately works is uh, that bit where they're in the um, apartment towards the end and Benny, uh, the guy that he kind of gets settled with for half the movie, goes like, oh, you think you're better than me? And he like has this huge smile on his face, Robert Pattinson, and he says, I am better than you. Yeah. And that is, I think, the line that, plugs you directly into the way that this character sees the world where you know we talked a bit about how he's a loser how he's got this like you know sense of like the world being against him but like also this is a dude uh who falls because of his pride and that's what enables him to manipulate people a hundred percent conviction that he is better than they are a hundred percent so when he says that line especially with this giant smile on his face like oh buddy i am so glad to set you straight on this like it was (laughs) to me the best line in the film because it finally gave me the handle on this character that I think I was grasping for. I like uh, the piggybacking off of that, just the line that the other guy says. Um, 
that no one's better than any of the next man or whatever that 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 line just totally yeah I, was, I, I got where he was coming from he's like no i'm not trying to like that's not the point of this yeah it's like what, what is your deal what is your thing not that anyone's better than any other person and there's a lot of conversations that kind of are that way 100 <laughs> percent uh i i have two one that's from that scene as well because that one this one's more funny because i just i so sympathized with benny in this one line where he looks at him and goes why you got to be such a fucking little prick all the time? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, was I, a good moment. Yeah, I, I totally dumb, agree with like as he was, dumb he as was Benny definitely is. Definitely the entire audience in that. Moment. Yeah, hundred percent. Connie was very bossy towards Benny. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, but the other line that it's uh, just take every reason that you just said for your line, but apply it to this one because I thought that that moment came for me a little bit earlier, and it's when he's talking to the girl. And I'm like, oh, I totally get this character right now, mm. and he's talking to the girl, and he goes. Don't be confused. That's just gonna make it more. It's just gonna make it worse for me. Yes, mm. yes. and it's oh, like yeah. that says so that much about your character. Asshole yeah. line. Uh, that's a total narcissist. That's him telling point. the girl, yeah. "Don't think." Yeah, just, yeah. just do what I tell you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was it the girl? Was it uh, Jennifer Jason Lee? I don't remember. No, who. It, was the, it was the girl, right? I, I think, it, I think it was the girl. She was hesitating okay. for something. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think so. I think I, it's around the time she asks, uh, very justifiably, like, "Who is that man freaking out in that bedroom?" Oh yeah, right yeah, now? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I forgot when it happened. It's that line just stuck out so much because it is yeah. that moment of just like, "Wow, everything is just to service you." You are an asshole. Yeah, yeah he is an asshole, and that's where we come back to like the very beginning of like the he might not be trying to hurt people, but he's totally willing to yeah. do. It. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, does he actually love his brother? Because he's the reason his brother's in prison. Like, his brother didn't come up with the idea to rob banks. He got but, him involved. So does he actually love his brother? Or does he just, like, does he use him? Or does he feel just like an obligation to him? It could be I one think of it's those that, situations where he's the he's symbol that makes him feel like he's a good person. Yeah. Without yeah. his brother, he has to realize that he's not a good person. Mm. That's a great point. Yeah, it's his one anchor to reality yeah. and to being a decent human being. And he thinks that he's doing a good job. Yeah. And we see how quickly he spirals off into like sociopathic tendencies, even like an hour without his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just so, like, you know, time to steal some shit. Yeah, if we haven't said this enough, Robert Pattinson is really good in this He's movie. Really <laughs> yeah, credit words too. Like yeah. I just I just rewatched Twilight last weekend. Uh oh, God. He's better in this. He's much better in this. Uh, I really. What are you talking I love, about? This is the skin of a killer. I love. Uh, I don't know if y'all are into like mystery science theater or riff tracks. Yeah. But, uh, one I of mean, my. Yeah, I don't know because some people there's been a little bit of a blowback. Some people are really? like, "Well, there's been like this contingency online that like mystery science theater has kind of ruined movies because now everybody feels like they get to do that." You know, like oh, kind of this culture of ironic detachment, a yeah. culture of ironic detachment, and a culture of like, oh, like uh, it's my job to like analyze, criticize uh, this movie like in real which time, which is totally a misread on what they're doing. Which yeah. is, they, they love these movies. Yeah, it's a, which it's is why much more that. celebratory. Yeah. Um, but point being, uh, the riff tracks for the twi- the first Twilight movie is one of my favorite comedies in history, and uh, so I had people over last weekend and we watched it. It was like the fifth time I've seen it. Um, and I was thinking about how I was going to be seeing Good Time yeah. and, uh, to talk about it here. And I was just like, God, like literally a 10-year span between Twilight and this movie. And you can just see how desperately Pattinson is just clawing his way away from <laughs> like, Like he is like, make me ugly, make yeah. me shitty, make me a, the worst person you can. Just I have to distance myself immediately from uh, Edward. It's funny. In 2017, both him and Chris and Stewart have given the best performances mm-hmm. of their career. And oh, that's true. Yep. Personal shopper. Yep. Still that, yeah. not getting fully recognized for it. Nope. Twilight it's hard to put break out such of that. a stain on them. 
I feel more so on Kristen Stewart than Robert Pattinson because it's Hollywood and Hollywood likes to shit on women for whatever reason. Yeah. And yeah. she had the problem with the drama during uh, yeah. Snow White as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And she's been shamed for that so completely. And it's like, well, and for all we like, know, Pattinson's dude, been up to horrible shit. the older married man yeah, preying on her. Yeah. 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 No, but and, it's all about her being a slut. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? She's a fucking human. So yeah. who cares? Yeah. And again, she's allowed to, to sleep with, with whoever she wants. Yeah. Consent yeah. to adults. Yeah. And it's a person in a position of authority. And again, like, what have we seen just completely brought to light this year if yeah. not like people in positions of authority in the industry just abusing it at every possible opportunity yeah yeah so review system <laughs> yeah totally it's a great segue there oh, uh the review system for this one is going to be movies that are fucking depressing and i can go first if people don't have one locked and loaded because i think this one's actually pretty close i'm gonna need a minute yeah uh, i'm gonna go with Requiem for a dream um and I feel that way because I feel that the the Jared Leto character and the Robert Pattinson character I feel like would not be friends, but they'd be frenemies. Like in the way of like they're so similar of like I don't want to do a bad thing to anybody, but I'm totally willing to do it. Hmm. And they're willing to screw over everyone they love to try to forward their story, if you will, uh, even though they think that they're the good guy in every situation. I also heard that Jared Leto was apparently such a dick on that set that one of the PAs regularly peed in his coffee. Oh, that's just terrible. <laughs> That you'd have to be a pretty that, huge dick to deserve that. I would. That, that's not. That's not. I don't know cool. if that's that's what I heard, guys, from someone yeah. who worked. You could be on the mad movie. at someone, but don't feed them your urine. Yeah, that, I would agree with almost literally every other person on Earth except maybe Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll go. I, I uh, obviously I've already said it. I think it re- kept reminding me of kids, just the yeah. relentlessness and the mm-hmm. way it made me feel so uncomfortable. And at the end, I was just like, "This is the worst." <laughs> I'm gonna go with the witch. Okay. Because you're being put in a situation where no one's really on your side. Uh, it's kind of an impossible situation because you can't fight it. You can try to fight it, but you're gonna lose. And then at the end, you're free, but also in prison. So, no one's a winner. Hmm. (laughs) Do you think he liked to live deliciously? (laughs) I don't think anyone lived deliciously in either film. It it was really weird when Robert Pattinson's brother starts floating towards the end of the film. (laughs) And, like, sheds his clothes. Yeah, I was like, I I guess. argument with a lot of people where they think, oh, she's totally free at the end of of The Witch. I'm like, no, she's not. Now uh-huh. she has to serve the devil. It's just a different type of a prison. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's God, I love that movie. Though. I almost I almost made a joke about like uh, you know, the devil you know or something. <laughs> and I was like, no, even that's stupid for me. <laughs> By my standards. Uh I'll pick Blue Valentine. Uh, which is these characters who have a very uh, <laughs> idea they have this idea that they're shooting like pushing for to fix a thing. And it's their idea of what's right, or kind of similar to how Pattinson's character is like grounded this idea that he's a good guy because of all this, and there's just collateral damage in the wake, and it plays out very much the same, and it ends up in a very depressing place. Great date movie, <laughs> which we actually, my wife and I went on a date to watch oh, that movie. God. Yeah. <laughs> These are all great date movies, See, my say, friends. When I say that I like bleak movies, is that like, her I don't... jam too? Yeah. And at the end, she just curls up next to you and cries, and that's when you make your move. Yeah. Yeah. We also signed with the void together as a date, and uh, it was just like, oh, what perfect. A what a I feel treat. so dejected wow. right now. Let's make a baby. Yeah. I did the see the timeline's not exactly right there, but. I just remembered the one time I saw The Witch, I was on a date. I think it might have been a first Guys, or second. Don't date. Look, audience, do not take a girl yeah. to 
see a fucking yeah. depressing movie on your day, yeah. especially not your like, first Conversely, day. I mean, you can take him to a depressing movie, not The Witch. Right? <laughs> Here's a movie about a girl being punished ah. for her sexuality. But you know what? It was like, I think it was like the middle of January. Like, there wasn't anything <laughs> out. See, oh, counterpoint, you might find the perfect person. That's, that's true. very true. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. I guess for me, the depressing movie that comes to mind would be Mike Lee's Naked, which came out back in like the early 90s, like 93, I think. Oh, I, we actually have a copy of that. I love that movie. I love that movie, too. It's David Thewlis. Um, I forget who else is in it. Um, some incredible performances. And basically, Mike Lee's character in that, um, I think his name's Johnny, he is similar to Robert Pattinson in that he's just trying to get through the night. He's trying so to... it's right behind you. you oh, cool. It. Nice. Uh, you pointed behind me and I was like, David right Thewlis? Right. You wanted to grab the <laughs> names. Oh my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> David Thewlis just popped, yeah. like slowly Hello, I'm here. on your chair. But um, yeah, the, the whole trajectory of that film, it also takes place in one night. Mm-hmm. David Thewlis is trying to, um, you know, escape uh, a bad situation he got himself into. He raped a woman. Yes. <laughs> uh, I didn't know how much we could spoil these movies. Uh, but This you is know. a very, like, fought like the first scene of the film so it's not much of a also true um but yeah to that point it's it's very much similar to robert pattinson's trajectory it's like here's a bad narcissistic person um here's someone who is his own worst enemy and who is going to just continue moving you know almost like a shark's propulsion like if he stops he dies right up to the point that you know he has like a broken ankle at the end of the film and the mm-hmm. last shot of the film is him literally hopping on one foot towards the camera down an entire block just demonstrating like this man if he stops he literally dies yeah yeah it's very compelling it's one of my favorite it's, british yeah. films it's so <laughs> weird because the entire time you're watching that movie be like i hate you i hate you 100%. but i also want to see what you're going to do yeah and and he encounters similar to this actually it's a, it's a really interesting parallel like he encounters in these episodic little moments throughout the night like all sorts of different people that tend to bring out the worst in him or reflect his own negative worldview back onto himself and um yeah it's a challenging film but a pretty exceptional one yeah Cool. I've never seen it. I, I had Jandy it. watch it's it right when there. she did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I own it. Yeah. I've actually great never, day movie. I've actually yeah. never seen like any of these movies. <laughs> Shockingly, yeah. that is not something well, I reach for. You've got a great Saturday ahead of you. You're gonna watch. So I mean, many I highly recommend The Witch. It's a great watch. But it sounds delightful. It is actually a pretty and there great are film. some Witch people. Is pretty awesome. There are some people that like think it's movies, a happy so. ending. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd even call it depressing so much as it's just, you know, an, a wildly effective horror movie that yeah. really does its job. I, I like scary horror movies. I, just don't, like, I don't like gory. Th- this not, is not gory at all. Okay. It's suspenseful. Okay, that, yeah, that's fine. I, I like being scared. I hate being grossed out. There, there is one supremely gross thing in the first 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you can kind of close your I'll eyes. But you know, hearing it might be worse, so I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't as affected yeah. to buy it as either of these two. Mm. Yeah, if, I don't want to ruin it. But okay, so... That brings an end to good time. It was a good time. It was. was I had a good time talking about it. Yeah. And now Emily never has to think about this movie again. (laughs) Those frosted tips, though. Who's going to go home and lie on a ball on the couch and be sad? I'm going to build my couch today and then lie in it and then curl up (laughs) in the chair. Perfect. Uh, So next week, we have, to celebrate Christmas, our Secret Santa episode. Which is uh, something I look forward to now every Christmas. I'm really sad. Time. I'm gonna have to miss this one. Yeah, you, it's the gift that keeps on giving. But I'm a- gonna be working. Apparently, you you chose a good day to work instead of coming on because the movies that we have slated are not great. <laughs> <laughs> they might be a little upsetting to some. 
I think I win, but we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> so I got Godzilla versus uh, Gigan. I don't remember how to pronounce that one. <laughs> Gigan. Gigan, thank you. Or it could be the other way. I don't know. Uh, who knows? <laughs> we'll find out. Who knows? You chose that one. Yeah. Either so way, we'll... whoever wins, Brian loses. Yeah. Uh, I didn't choose it. Chewie gets Jack and the Beanstalk from 1974. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I have no John idea gets is. Superman for the quest uh, for peace. Yeah. Oh. Elliot will get Elliot, who's going to be on, gets Knight of the Hunter, which I've never oh, even heard I of. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's movie. a good, yeah, that's yeah, a good no, flick. Oh, Elliot go. got the one, the best yeah, one so far. That's uh, the... And then Elvis, who will be coming on to replace Emily, got uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Oh my God! Ooh. What an so, odd Christmas! So what a weird be. Christmas <laughs> we're going to have next what week. But tune in next lineup. week to, uh, to hear us talk about those movies, and then we get oh. to guess who gave them to us and whatnot. But it, oh. it'll be a hell of an episode. Oh, what a. And then the oh. week after that, don't forget for Happy New Year's, we're going to watch the best New Year's movie ever, which there's very few of. So we're doing Ghostbusters 2. No. Oh. <laughs> which everyone seems to go like, oh, yeah, that is I a like good one. I like Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> so we're good to go. Uh, all right. So thank you, Eric, very much for coming back out. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you, uh, thank yeah. you to everybody for being here. And bye. Bye. bye.